0: play games with them. Play games? Yeah, I like just shake the games and I just like, this, like brrr, they bump into each other and I pull a stick out of my pocket and I poke a stick and we call it a poke stick. Ha, ha, ha. It's right, I have lots of fun. <laughs> well, what are you going to do with them after you get done playing games with them? I feed them to my bird, or to, my, uh, to my cat. <laughs> my cat loves wild birds. <laughs> my cat's name is Tripod. We call him Tripod because he's only got three legs. <laughs> wasn't my fault yeah really I'll tell you what though huh I'll buy them from you you want to buy these birds yeah they're not good for nothing you know that don't you they don't do any tricks you open up the cage door they're just gonna fly away well how much you serious I'm very serious how much you Buy these birds? yeah five dollars ten dollars <laughs> They're wild exotic birds. Yeah, but you just got them over there in the field. In a wild exotic field. (sighs) Okay, $20. There you go. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. see you're looking at my cage. What you got in there? I got mankind in there. Mankind. Where'd you find them? Found them in the garden. Well, what are you going to do with them? I'm going to play games with them. Play games? All kinds of games. Games that are going to make them think they're doing right when they're really doing wrong. I'm going to turn their world upside down. They're going to think they're having so much fun. I'm going to save the best to last. Well, what's going to happen to them then? They'll be damned. Damned for all time and eternity. You know, my father is fond of mankind. Yes, I know. You know, he'll pay the price for them. You want to buy these humans? Yeah. They're not good for anything, you know that, don't you? They'll promise you everything. And when the going gets tough, they'll run away. How much? Your tears. Okay. Your blood. Okay, It'll cost you your life. Okay. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong.
1: Open your Bibles up to Genesis chapter six, it's on page four in your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, please grab one of those Bibles, open it up, and uh, feel free to mark in it and take it home with you. It's our gift to you. Genesis chapter six. One Sunday morning I got in my van and I was heading to church and I was teaching that morning and and, uh, got in and usually I'm pretty focused on Sunday morning and not really aware of what's going on around me. And when I'm driving, and I happen to glance over in my van and notice the glove compartment was opened up, and it was empty. And I was like, well, that's odd. I mean, I've got all kinds of junk in there, you know? And looked around and noticed it was all over the van. It was kind of a weird sight. Looked down and noticed everything was in a shambles. I mean, everything was like thrown all over my van, and I have a changer that has some change in there, and it was all gone. And some of the electronics are gone. And I'm like, you know, I think somebody was in my van. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but I'm thinking about teaching this morning, and then also I'm like, um, whoa. And I, and I looked behind me in the van, and sure enough, It's just like somebody went in there and just started, like, whipping stuff in my van. And then I realized I was violated. And that's how it felt. I had this sinking feeling. And then I started thinking, I'm like, you know, there was a party going on around the neighborhood last night. And there was a lot of kids all over the place. And I'm like, they broke in my van. And they took my stuff. And I just remember all of a sudden that feeling, maybe you have this feeling if you've ever had something stolen from you, or been violated in every way, it's like you just feel your heart just go thunk, really low. And I felt horrible. Now I wanna contrast that for just a moment. Think about the last time you invited somebody over to your home, some friends, and you called them up and said, hey, come on over, and, and they came over and you opened up your home and they came in and, and you ate together and you had fun together and you laughed and you had a great time. And do you remember the feeling of that? I mean, that's a feeling of being blessed. And on the flip side is a feeling of being violated. Well, today I wanna to ask you a question as who are you inviting into your home? Now you might be like, what? What are you talking about? You mean like what, friends or? Yeah, what friends are you inviting into your home? I oftentimes tell my teens, I say, you know, pick your friends wisely. They will define you and determine your destiny. That's what friends do. Friends influence you and they sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad. And you start thinking and acting a lot like your friends. So your friends will really determine who you are and determine your future. That's the kind of influence they have. So what friends are you inviting into your house? Now, let's kind of build on that. We're going to start from an assumption. Turn in Genesis chapter 6. In chapter 6, verse 5, it's right before the flood happens. And it says, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that, here it is, every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. Now, that kind of nails us right between the eyes. I mean, God says, you want to know who you really are? You want to know your nature? That every, every inclination of the thought of our hearts is only evil all the time. And you may say, all right, that was before the flood. We'll turn one page over to page 6. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of man, even though every inclination of his heart is evil from childhood. Who's God talking about? Tell me, who is, who is it? It's us. God's just telling us, it's kind of one of those, you want to know who your friends are that you're inviting into your home? I'll tell you who those friends are, okay? Okay. These are the kinds of friends that we invite into our homes, the homes of our life. Anybody ever invite the friend of anxiety into their home? I bet you have. How about worry? That's a friend. Fear. Divisions or dissensions. How about soap operas? Anybody invite that friend into their home? Negativism. Sarcasm. Adultery. Anger. Alcohol, excessive, drugs, greed. Sounds like nice friends, doesn't it? Disrespect, how about romance novels? Sarcasm, doubt, rage, pornography, witchcraft, Wicca. Anybody got the internet in their home? Man, have you invited friends through the internet? Anybody got cable TV? Lots of friends in there too. Legalism, movies, Ouija boards, envy, violence, violent video games, violent movies, inappropriate sex, murder, jealousy. Now, can we be really honest? Isn't that our friends? Isn't that who we hang out with a lot? I mean, haven't we invited them into our home and then we just, we kind of hang out with them and and we're comfortable with them. Why? Because God told us in Genesis that every inclination of our heart is for these friends. And we like those kinds of friends. Now start turning over to Revelation chapter 3. Last book of the Bible. Revelation 3. Look, it's on page 869. And we have this issue going on within every one of us because... These are who we call our friends if we're honest and yet we're in conflict because there's somebody else who wants to be our friend and the two of them don't get along very well, okay? In Revelation chapter 3, if you find verse 20, why don't you read it with me? This is Jesus talking, okay? Say it with me. Here I am... I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. So here's the scenario. We've got Jesus who's standing outside at our door and he's knocking and saying, do you think I could come in and could I have dinner with you? And you go, "Uh, sure. And we let Jesus in and he comes in and has dinner with us, except who's sitting around the table is all these other friends. There's a story in the Bible, when Jesus goes to eat at the house of Matthew, and Matthew's a tax collector, and it says Matthew invited all of his friends together to have lunch with Jesus. And who were those friends? They were tax collectors, and sinners, and prostitutes, and they were all the, those were his friends. And so when Jesus came and sat down at the table, he was was dining with Matthew and all of his friends. And it was kind of a conflict because they they were learning who Jesus was. And then the friends were looking at each other like, wow. And it's the same for you and I, that that in our homes, what do we have? We got all our friends over here gathered together. It's all the things that we know we shouldn't probably have. And yet at the same time, Jesus is knocking on the door going, hey, do you think I could come in and, and have a meal? And we play this little game, don't we? When Jesus comes in, we're like, quick, hide in the closet, right? And we just send all of our friends into the closet. And we find if you're living a life in conflict, you're normal. If there's no conflict, something's not right. And the conflict is, this is who we're most comfortable with. Because this is our nature. And yet God comes in and wants to eat with us and have a relationship with us and wants to live within our house with us. And and we we have a choice here, we got a problem because Jesus and all these friends don't get along very well. And here we are right in the middle of them. And we're like, "Um, what do we do? And I think in our hearts, we wanna take all these friends and say, you gotta go, you gotta get out of here. And yet, why do we keep inviting them back in? And so our lives are in conflict. Okay, turn to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to spend some time in this section. Galatians chapter 5. See, Paul's talking to us about Jesus set us free. And because he set us free, now we've got kind of an issue and a problem. And the problem is, is that are we going to surround ourselves with these kinds of friends or are we going to surround ourselves with God and the Spirit? So Paul writes to us in Galatians chapter 5, page 826. And then I want you to find verse 13. And Paul writes, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Now jump down to verse 16 so i say live by the spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the sinful nature for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want but if you're led by the spirit you're not under law all right you get the conflict going on here that god says are you living under the the control or the influence of the Spirit of God and saying no to those friends? Or are you over here hanging out with your friends and becoming more and more like your friends and now you're in conflict with God? And every believer goes through this on a daily basis. Are we becoming more like our friends? Are we becoming more like Jesus? And it becomes hard. Now Paul goes on, verse 19 says, all right, let me tell you about your friends. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Here's the problem. Do you know what these friends want to do to your life? They wanna steal from you, they wanna kill you, they wanna destroy you. Think about addictions, how destructive addictions are. Think about pornography addiction, think about a sexual addiction, think about an alcohol addiction, think about a drug addiction. Think about young people today who are cutting themselves and finding relief in taking a knife and slicing their arms. And finding relief. Why? Because of the influence of their friends who are saying it's okay. Why are kids committing suicide? Because their friends are saying it's okay. And they're hanging out with these friends. And this is our nature because we're most comfortable here. And yet God comes in and goes, I have come, this is what Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it how much? To the full. See, that's where it's like, All right, so you want me to experience life to its fullest by having you in my life, and yet my comfort level is over here, and we got a problem. What do we do? See, look at what God brings, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And this is where it's like, so if God comes in, God's promising to bring all of His great friends for a great life, and yet how many of us kind of gravitate over here with our friends? Are you with me? Yeah, because this is normal. And this one's hard. But this one makes us shudder. Look at verse 18. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, The end of verse 21. And envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Here it is. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, we read that and we shudder. Because when we're honest, we're, we're comfortable here. And God says, if this is what we choose to make our life about, our friends, then we're not going to go to heaven because we've said, these are my friends. And that's where we struggle because we really want God to fill us and yet we really like our friends. Let me try to illustrate this a little bit. On Friday night, we went to see the Pistons. That was really fun. I've never been to the palace before. I think I told you a few... You know, weeks back we got free tickets to go to the Pistons, we met the coach. So we went there and had a fab, just a fabulous time. And never been there before, so had a great game. Even though we lost in the last couple minutes, it was kind of sad. But anyways, we're walking out, and you'll just learn something about me, but we're walking out and all of a sudden I smell the aroma of somebody who just lit a cigarette, okay? Now you don't know this about me. But one of my friends from years past was, I enjoyed cigarettes. When I was younger, when I was a teenager, I loved to smoke. My brother smoked, my sister smoked, my dad smoked when he was younger. And so I just enjoyed that. Except I was in conflict because I'm a runner and I like jazz band. And you know, those don't go well together when you can't breathe because you're smoking, okay? So I would smoke during breaks and then I would run and play in jazz band, you know, when I wasn't smoking. And this is the kind of life that I was, I was trying to play both. And so we walk outside and all of a sudden I smell this aroma, right? And all of a sudden I was like, ah, oh, I remember that friend. Okay, that's what I really thought. That came to my mind I am like, ah, oh, that's a friend. And at the same time, my son, bless his heart, uh, he's got asthma and while I'm <laughs> thinking in my brain, Ah, oh, this is a friend. David goes, who in their right mind would ever want to have a cigarette? <laughs> and I just, in my, I just started laughing. You know, he didn't know why I was laughing because he's talking about who would in their right mind want to do this As I'm going, ah. You see, he didn't understand because he's never had that friend. But I've had that friend. And so I naturally gravitated right back to my friends. But he didn't get it. You know, sometimes that's how it is in our lives. Some of you aren't facing issues. And you're like, you know, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. But if you've ever faced any issues, you get it. In fact you're in a battle because these are your friends and you know that's not how God wants you to live and you're not happy living that way and it's stealing and killing and destroying your life and yet God came to set us free Jesus came to set us free from those friends but now what do we do how do we do this and that's what becomes really hard see look at now let's go on okay we just read about the fruit of the Spirit now jump down to verse 24 Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. (laughs) Really? I mean, I'm being honest. I don't know about you. We've crucified those friends, right? So in other words, when you come to Christ, then you've said to all your friends, be gone, get out of here. I want nothing to do with you. I don't know about you, but these friends seem to be hiding out in my life. They're still there. And how do you say, no? How do you just kind of say, no, I'm not going to go there? Because you really want a relationship with Christ to be indwelling in your house. And you know, if you know anybody that's dealing with any one of these issues, it's hard. You know, sometimes we're quiet with the issues, right? little envy going on, that's a good friend, and we want to harbor that. How about unforgiveness? Anybody got any friends of unforgiveness that you just want to keep around because you just don't want to forgive that other person? And nobody knows about it. Well, we won't call that an addiction, but we don't want to give up that friend. And we just nurture that along. See, every one of us, if we're really honest, we understand Genesis 6. Every inclination of the thought of a person's heart is only evil all the time because this is where our comfort is. That's why Jesus came. He came to set us free from that. How do we do that? You're in Galatians, turn to Colossians. Towards the back of your Bible, page 834. I've watched a lot of people over the years try to do this and try to do this on their own and wind up failing. And they just do it again and do it again, and do it again. I was talking to a counselor recently who was telling me that they've got a good, you know, one of their clients who's an alcoholic, who's been an alcoholic for 10 years, and in that 10-year period has quit probably 100 times. But they haven't quit because they keep going back. And it's so easy to go back to those friends. It's a lot like if you've been following Lindsay Lohan. Now, I don't know what you think about Lindsay Lohan. I think she's an amazing actress. You know, The Parent Trap and Freaky Friday. She's had some good movies. Well, you know, Lindsay is really struggling with a drug addiction. These are her friends. And she's been in and out of jail. She's been in and out of rehabilitation. She's in rehabilitation again until January. But I want you to think about what rehabilitation is for just a minute. That word rehabilitate, Uses re, means again, and habitat, or, or habilitation is actually habitat, the same root word. So we all have a habitat, okay? It's kind of like our home is our habitat. You learned that when you were a kid in school about an animal's habitat. Your habitat is your home. And she needs a new habitat. That's what rehabilitation is. It's, it's cleaning out a part of your habitat and replacing it with something else. But what oftentimes happens is that if we try to do it on our own, we wind up going right back. We clean it out and it comes right back in because there's nothing to replace it. And so in Colossians, Paul's writing to the church and listen to what he writes in verse 15. Chapter 3, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts Since, as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. What's He telling us? If you start over here and say, All right, I'm not. going to do this you're probably going to fail but if you come over here and say God start filling me up with your word when you're home listen to songs and worship songs and pray and invite prayer partners into your life invite accountability partners into your life Invite good Christian friends who love you into your life. Invite people into your life so that what begins to fill your habitat, to fill your home, is good things that God would have us to do. And as our lives begin to fill up with what God wants, including the Spirit of God, and Jesus, who comes and indwells us, then through the power of the Spirit of God, we can say to these friends, it's time to go. You gotta go. And you're not welcome here anymore. And for some, that's a daily battle. For others, it's one of those battles that comes up on occasion when one of those friends comes knocking on the door of temptation. And God wants us to say no, but the only way we can say no, we can't do it on our own. We can only do it with God. And when the Spirit fills us up, we can say no. Remember, let me go back to a question I asked at the beginning. Who are your friends? Who, who are you welcoming them into your home? So are you welcoming God? because then you can say no. And we have a savior who understands this and knew that if he didn't intervene, these would be our friends forever. And so when Jesus came and died on the cross, he released the power and the grip that these have on our lives. But you can't do it on your own. God set us free when Jesus died on the cross. But the only way to be released from that is you've got to embrace Him. And it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It happens when we embrace Christ and His love and His forgiveness. God shows us His grace and He forgives us again so that we can say no. You know, it was interesting talking the other day, Pastor John and I were talking about people that are no longer here at Messiah. And so we've been calling and asking, hey, we haven't seen you for a while. What's going on in your life? And you know what we found out? And this is true not only for Messiah, but this is true actually in churches across America, that you know that church attendance is is slowly dwindling in churches. Do you know that we found out even here too, it has nothing to do with Messiah? When people decide to leave the church, Do you know why they're not coming back to church? Because they got some new friends. And what we found is that people began to befriend these friends again. And the first thing that goes when we're we're caught in these friendships is our worship attendance. And you know why that is? Because right now, Do you realize you brought all your friends with you to church? They're sitting right around you, all your friends. And God's watching. And sometimes we're so embarrassed because of these friends in our life that we want to stay away from God. And yet we don't realize that's hurting us. Even when you've befriended one of these friends, bring them to church. Because when you're sitting here in worship and God's watching your friends, God can say, all right, do you really want that friend? Or do you want life? And God will give you the strength to say, you know, can I leave that friend right here and walk out free? And God says, yes. And even gives you the strength to do it. You know, in a few minutes, we're going to take communion. Boy, run up here with your friends, would you? Grab that communion and say, God, I need help leaving these friends. Strengthen me, fill me up, and help me to leave those friends right here so that you can go free. Let's pray together. God, if we're really open with you and honest, oh my goodness, we could name every friend that we have in our life that we've allowed some to control us and others we just want to have fun with and others we embrace as our good friends. And yet, God, where are you in the midst of all that? We want you as our friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. Lord, thank you that you called us your friends and that you love us and you come into our life even when they're all messed up. And we've got all these bad friends. You just come right into our house, right into our life, right into our heart. And you know the friends and you don't judge us. You just sit down and and you eat with us. God, may we, out of your love and your strength and your power, may we say no to friends, bad friends. who are just going to take us away from you. May we be filled up by you and your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen.